ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. I don't want it to end, actually. I think we should go around again. We'll have another, have another five tests and keep, keep doing what we're doing. That is Brendan Baz McCullum, the Bazball daddy himself. Speak for yourself, Baz. We are exhausted. Thing is, if they did play another five tests, you'd have to believe England would keep swinging for the fences. Sure, they've tempered their approach along the way, but they stayed pretty true to the brief. Anytime you get some kind of innovation like this, the question is how the competition could react. It's changed English cricket. How might it change global cricket? And how might Australia alter their approach off the back of a gripping series? I'm Patrick Stack. This is ABC Sport Daily. Robert Crash Craddock is the senior cricket writer for News Corp. He's covered countless Ashes series. He's here to put a bow on this one and help us understand how it might change the way both nations and indeed world cricket sort of approach the next cycle. Crash leading into this series, I think we all wondered if Basball would work. And while the series was drawn, Basball, it really held up. I do feel like it's been tweaked along the way. What have you made of this five-test referendum on England's new age cricket? Well, I think it passed, uh, Pat. As you said, sure, Australia retained the urn, but it got stronger. England were underprepared for the first two tests. They probably picked the wrong team, leaving out Chris Wokes and Mark Wood. Australia jumped them early. They'd had that preparatory test, the World Chess Championship against India, and they snatched at it, England, in the first two tests, which they didn't do in the last three They slapped down the bricks and mortar before they did the fancy interior decorating, and I felt that that was the gear they had to find, Pat, first and second. Ben Stokes and co talked about, you know, a desire to save Test cricket. I look at this job and I think there's one country that can try and ensure that Test cricket um, not only sustains but also thrives, and that's England with the traditions and the support that it gets. So it's a big job at hand. I look forward to it. Speaking in terms of cricketing revolution, do you think that this is going to change the way the game is played in other nations and by other nations? I think it already has. I think Pakistan have shown already that they're looking at sort of uh, hurtling along at a a better scoring rate. And I just think that teams will be more mindful of it. I really do. I mean, I'm not saying baseball. I mean, it's a big test for it in India on their next tour when they're on crumbling decks and they've only got maybe Jack Leach there as their spinner against the, you know, the mesmeric duo of Ashwin and Jadeja. Remember when we beat New Zealand 3-0, it was we couldn't do it against South Africa, couldn't do it against Pakistan, couldn't do it against Australia. So who knows if we can do it against India? Only time will tell. But they're getting credit points in the bank all the time by winning so many tests. And, and the English public are backing them. We love to poke fun at them and say, oh, gosh, they haven't split the atom. But I have to say this, Pat. In 20 years' time, cricket will remember baseball very, very fondly. Very fondly. I want our team to try play a game and try and play a brand of cricket that people will always talk about. And I think regardless of how the series end up, people will always talk about us. How does Australia emerge from this series, do you think, Crash? I think Peter Lawler described them before this tour as the the nearly team. Does that still ring true, or does a retained urn and a World Test Championship elevate them beyond that? Yeah, it's it's a really good question, and I, and I think that you've got to remember this chastening stat, Pat, and I'll tell you what it is. Australia has won one of their last 10 overseas tours. 
Sure, they drew in England. Sure, they retained the Ashes. But one out of ten, you think of that. Now, that's not dominating the world. This test team belongs in the realms of the very, very goods, not the greats. If this test team was a fast bowler, it would be Brett Lee or Craig McDermott, but it wouldn't be Dennis Lilly, if you know what I mean. And so I think the fact that Australia has lost its last four test series against India means you can't call them a truly great team because they haven't really dominated the world. Where do you think they let themselves down here? I wonder around selection, Crash. We've seen time and time again this group sort of struggle to make difficult calls, whether it's Aaron Finch or David Warner or others, when the sort of moment is there to make them. Do you think that we're going to see an altering of the way that they select this team? No, I don't, but I do think you'll see a generational change. I get it. The guys that had earned the right to be in England, no one deserved to be number three more than Labashane, or number four more than Steve Smith, or number five more than Travis Head. And bowls to Travis Head, who swings us high into the air. He's hit this for six. But between them, they did leave a few runs out there. I mean, apart from Usman Khawaja, Australia had a bank of players who averaged between 28 and 37. So they never really had a second batting star, and that really hurt them. And I still feel, Pat, that Australia's stumping of controversial stumping of Johnny Bairstow at Lords when they poked the Bairstow, oh, so to speak. Passage of, oh, hang on. Now, this is interesting. Bairstow's walked out of his crease. You're thinking it's the end of the over. Carey has flung the stumps down from long range. I must admit, I, th- I was about to hand over to Jim there. It felt like it was the end of the over to me, which is what is going to say. He's leaning on his bat, looking dismayed. He's out. That is going to go down really badly. just wasn't worth the effort. It wasn't worth the hassle. From that point almost, Bairstow was roused, Carey was more subdued, and Australia lost two out of the next three tests and should have lost three. So while it was deemed a technically fair move at the time and we patted ourselves on the back and self-justified it all. I thought it was fair. You know, you see Johnny do it all the time. He did it day one to Davey Warner. He did it in 2019 to Steve. It's a really common thing for keepers to do. If they see a batter, keep leaving their crease. So, cares full credit to him. Saw the opportunity. I think Johnny did it a few balls beforehand. Rolled at the stumps. Johnny left his crease. You leave the rest to the umpires. I just think it blew up in Australia's faces to some degree. I think it's fair to say that Australia and England seem to build in ashes cycles. There's a changing of the guard for both parties, isn't there? I mean, Broad and Moen Ali have retired. Oh, yeah. Warner, you know, he's not going to go on much longer. He's made that clear. Who knows how long Anderson, Kwaja, Lyon, etc., might go on. Does it feel like a kind of end of an ashes era in some ways, Crash? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, look at those two teams walking off the ground Pat. Mitchell Stark, will he be back next tour? I don't think so. Hazelwood, probably not. Warner, no way. Kawaj is gone. And then, of course, we saw Broad and Anderson. It it really is a changing of the guard to, to the nth degree. I mean, I'm fascinated by who will be Australia's captain on the next Ashes tour. I can see Pat Cummins being there as a bowler, but I don't think he'll still be captain. And if you said to me, all right, name someone, you throw us a name, I'd say Cameron Green. There you go, a 28-year-old Cameron Green to be Australia's next touring of England captain. But it is, it's, it's, a, it's a real point of change, and so it must be. You know, Australia's got to regenerate. Next summer, it's got Pakistan for three tests, the West Indies for two, Pat. That is a summer of experimentation 
and sifting through promising young talents to find the team who could confront India a year later in a five-test series in Australia, if you don't mind. Before you go, Crash, I need your opinion on Beergate. Can you recall a post-series drink or non-drink ever causing such a stir? <laughs> no. Do you know what I loved about it, Pat? It was drama to the drinks, like to the very last heartbeat of the whole summer, the drinks, just before the players got on the plane. There was still drama. Look, what I believed happened was that Australia waited outside the English dressing room for about an hour and a half, and then uh, they knocked on the door a few times. And finally, after an hour and a half, they said, five minutes, we'll be out in five minutes. We come in in five minutes. And they waited, and after five minutes, nothing happened. So they went. And they met up later in a nightclub. Ben Stokes tweeted, yeah, we're all together. It was just a misunderstanding. The Australians didn't see it that way. They thought they had plenty of time to be invited in. And I think they should have been. And, you know, this is the last hurrah. A lot of these guys will never see each other again, maybe. that was. I don't think England came out of that terribly well, Pat, but it gave us yet another story on a series that I believe will be remembered as one of the most important in cricket history because with franchise cricket crash tackling tests cricket from everywhere the old game the old girl had to stand up and be counted and she did it in the most majestic fashion it was a heck of a series thank you so much for your analysis throughout we appreciate it it's my pleasure Pat thank you Headlines, and it felt like we saw it all in the ashes. But how about this for a twist in the Sri Lankan Premier League T20 clash between Gaul and Dambulla? Play was suspended because a metre-plus snake wandered onto the field. Oh, gosh, look at that. One thing that frightens me. I just don't want to be anywhere close. Snake in the grass. What a sight. Never seen anything like this. On a cricket field, I think we've got to wait for, for him to just exit. I don't know from which part he's going to... Exit the field. It's a massive one, right? We approached the snake for comment. He told us the following. I'm a snake. I'm a snake. I'm a snake. I'm a slithery little snake snake. Sorry, had to do it. The Matildas know their round of 16 opponents. It will be Denmark. The Scandinavians beat Haiti while England thumped China to see the Danes progress. They actually played each other in Denmark last year. The Aussies won that fixture 3-1. Caitlin Ford scored two and Katrina Gorey won. And the Aussies are carving it up at the Paris Swimming World Champs in Manchester. They added three more gold medals on day two of competition. Ahmed Kelly in the 150 individual medley, Ben Hans in the 100 metre backstroke and Tim Hodge in the 200 metre individual medley. And Geelong star Jeremy Cameron is recovering from a headbutt that left him bleeding from the mouth over the weekend. The key forward was reportedly clocked while watching the cricket at a pub. He is understood to be fine to play this weekend against Port Adelaide. Imagine thinking it's a good idea to headbutt Jeremy Cameron. I'm Patrick Stack. This is ABC Sport Daily, produced by Poppy Penny. A reminder, if you want analysis, the deepest possible cricket analysis, listen to the Grandstand Cricket Podcast. Corbin Middlemass, Ed Cowan, they have delivered the final Ashes instalment in what has been an outstanding series of podcasts to mirror an outstanding series of cricket. The link to it is in the show notes. Thanks to Sri Lanka Cricket, the Barmy Army and I'm a Snake on YouTube for the extra audio used in this episode. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.